it was the first time in my life that I felt absolutely helpless. And I looked around and I saw everybody else was helpless too. This is the Begin Within podcast, where we believe real, lasting health and fitness requires you to start inside before you work out. I'm your host, Nate Slegger, and I'm here to show you behind the scenes of fitness. You already know exercise is good for you, but what about all the other things in life that affect your fitness? If you're looking for extra motivation to get started or to make sure you keep going, this is the place for you. Produced by BeginWithin.fit If you are working on getting healthier, losing weight, improving your fitness, whatever it is, but you have this feeling that you should be getting better results... You're just not sure what you might be doing wrong. Well, I want to tell you, you are not alone. And that is the very reason why I wrote my latest book, Five Ways You're Wrecking Your Weight Loss, so that you can take a look at five of the most common reasons I see that people aren't getting the results that they deserve for all their hard work. Just five really quick fixes that can get you headed toward the results that you want. Check it out. You can download it by going to beginwithin.fit, clicking on the ebook button, or clicking on the link in the show notes. Check out my book. Let me know what you think. Now, on to our episode for today. I've got a good one for you, as always, right? Uh, This one in particular is really interesting. We have Dr. Dana Coles on the show. He is an emergency room physician who is really an expert at dealing with fear, stress, and anxiety. You can imagine in his line of work, he deals with those things every single day. So we're going to pick his brain on the ways that we can confront fear, stress, and anxiety in our life so that we can continue moving toward our goals even when life throws us a curveball and circumstances aren't just not what we expect, but when they are circumstances that leave us feeling fear and anxiety and stress. He has a lot of good information to share on the topic. So what I want you to listen for as we go through are the three different types of fear. I think that's super important. We've talked about it before on the show, but one of the key ways that we can begin dealing with something is to start to label it, right? To start to pull it apart, take a look at the parts that make it up, so that we can better understand those parts and then we can start to sort them out, right? In our life, we can figure out what it is that we could be doing with them instead once we understand those pieces better. So Dr. Coles is going to give us three different types of fear. He's also going to talk about the different types of intelligences. So I want you to listen really closely when he talks about those 
those three or those two different lists each of three things so pay close attention to that and then two things I'm going to give you the secrets right now because I want you to listen closely when he talks about these two items. I don't want you to miss them. And this is something we can do when, like I said, life throws us off course. Things don't go according to plan. Here they are. First of all, have a plan. (laughs) Right? When things don't go according to plan, you should have a plan. I guess that makes sense. But having a plan is so important for when things go wrong. Have a backup plan. Have a plan. He's going to talk about that. And then secondly, keep moving. Keep on moving. Why that is so important when we face fear, anxiety, and even stress in life. So enjoy this interview with Dr. Dana Coles. When I was very young, I was riddled with fear. And I have paranoias, I have anxieties, and my father was a farmer, a dairy farmer out of Meridian, Idaho. And okay. when I saw him when, when I was very young, he was fearless. And I also had an older brother that kind of was pushing a little bit to do more things. And he had a phrase, real men, real men, like real men wouldn't use the brakes going down that hill. Real okay. men do this you know and he was always extremely adventurous and it seemed like he didn't take a lot of the repercussions into consideration at at least from my view yeah Uh, so my dad when when we were young tried to make sure that we were getting up and doing chores and things like that so when i was about eight or nine years old you know we were going up and painting things and i was standing on the ladder and i was actually shaking it so hard the thing was clanging against the side of the house and and i always actually hated that about myself and i wanted to be fearless and then when i was about 12 years old i was riding in a car and i was actually on my knees in the middle seat of a minivan and i was looking back at a far side and a calvin hobbs cartoon and right then all of a sudden i remember the screeching tires and and a lot of uh, motion with this sound that is unmistakable of twisting metal Mm. and all of a sudden the door handle from the sliding door actually just hit me right in the middle of the chest and I remember that kind of just knocking my wind out real quick and looking at my sister who was in a car seat with her hair straight up and then uh, when I came back onto the seat you know, I was laying right on the floor there, looking up at the at the top of the roof, which kind of was bent a little bit. And I remember asking my parents, did the car just flip over? Mm-hmm. And they just said yes. And I remember that pause from my father and looking up at the window was crushed in and the windshield wipers were actually pushing the windshield further and further down. And it was raining and it was all coming into the car and it was a very surreal event. And I remember that long pause before my father starts asking out, is everyone okay? Is everyone okay? And somebody yelling, no, Ken is out of the car. And my uncle was actually ejected out of the side. Mm. And my sister, uh, the back window actually went out into her face it was the first time in my life that I felt absolutely helpless. And I looked around and I saw everybody else was helpless too. And so then 
<clears throat> I remember from that aspect, I never wanted to feel that way again. I wanted to be able to kind of take control of things, you know, and I wanted that fearless feeling. And mm -hmm. what I learned during my training and getting into medicine and things like that is there is no such thing as fearless. You know, mm -hmm. everybody has fear and the medical community has done a severe disservice by treating fear and anxiety like a disease. Mm -hmm. you know, a disease is a dysfunction of the system. It's something that is gone awry that a very few people have, right? But fear and anxiety itself is something that everybody in the population has. And the one main thing, if you have fear or anxiety, is it's telling you to pay attention, you know? And there's three different types of fear, right? So one is anticipatory fear. I'm afraid of what's going to happen in the future. I'm afraid that this could happen. All right. And the way to treat that is to make sure that you're making a plan and you have to make a plan and you have to trust that plan. So when we are in medical communities, you know, we have drills, we have protocols, MCI drills. What happens if there's a mass casualty incident? What happens if there's a lot of victims all of a sudden? What happens if there's a 9-11, you know, and even prior to 9-11, they had protocols and drills that would happen and be put in place if that situation occurred. The, if you had a kid and you're worried, oh, I'm worried that they're going to drown in a pool. We have two ways to handle that. One is to block off every pool known mm -hmm. to man to make sure they can't get access to it or teach them to swim. You know, so that if and when they come into a pool, they know exactly how to handle it. The secondary type of fear, you know, and, and I'll say from that aspect of the anticipatory fear is the vast majority of times it'll never happen. You know, we train for mass casualty incidents and, you know, everybody worries about what am I going to do if there's a plane crash? What am I going to do if there's, you know, any situation? And for the most practitioners out there, it will never occur. Right. The secondary is, you know, the in the moment fear. This is when something like that car accident happens. How do you deal with that? And one aspect of it is you're in for the ride. You know, it's not something that you can control because control is an illusion. You know, the... Mm -hmm. uh, but the main purpose of fear and anxiety, especially as it's in the moment, is to pay attention, mm. you know, so you have to take that time to do as many things as you can. God even does you a favor by slowing down time. Everything can go in slow motion. Make sure you can do more things and pay more attention at that time. I was going to ask you about that because I know you, you made a point to say like it was that moment lasted so long. So that's that is to our benefit yes. when we go through that experience. Okay. It helps so us pay attention. Right. It's a physiological effect to make sure that you can pay attention more to do more things in a short period of time. Um, the last is a retrospective fear. These are the something happened in the past that's bothering me a lot, you know, and that's the PTSD aspect, right? So I lost a loved one, or I was in a brutal situation or an abusive situation, you know, and 
<clears throat> the retrospective fear is usually because of that feeling of helplessness. You know, you got into a situation where you absolutely felt helpless. It's important to make sure that the first part is to make sure that you remove yourself from that environment. Let's say you're a soldier at war or something like that, you know, or even working in the emergency department, you're bothered by a very bad case or something. You actually have to remove yourself from the environment until you get to the point where you can cope with this. Okay. You know? And the second thing is to take the retrospective and make it a prospective fear, right? So I understand that this happened, right? But I need to make sure that I develop a skill set so that I do not feel helpless in the, in the future, you know, if it were to occur again, you know, and then you can make a plan and trust the plan. Now, there is aspects of fear and anxiety that are well out of proportion. And of course, those need me medical and psychological treatment, you know, but to pretend that we're fearless, you know, to pretend that we don't have fear is just an illusion. It doesn't happen. And the second thing that I would tell you is that everything in life comes at a cost, right? You have to either pay the cost, know what the cost is and pay the cost, or you're going to accrue interest, right? Tell and me more about that. If you're not paying the cost and you're not accruing interest, that means someone else is paying for it for you and you will, they will eventually get tired and stop. Okay. And this works not only in finances, but every aspect of your life, right? So let's say you're angry, all right? Then you have to know the cost of that and pay the cost right up front, or you're going to accrue interest. It will build up, build up, build up until when you finally deal with it, it's an explosion, right? Okay. Or somebody's paying for it for you and they're dealing with the things that are making you angry, they're eventually going to get tired and stop. Yeah. And so um, that applies to fear and anxiety as well, right? Yeah, because one thing that the medical service has done a disservice for is to sit there and say it's uncomfortable, so we should treat it and we should get it to go away. And if you're running away from anything, like if you're in the military or anything like that, they'll tell you if you're running, make sure you have a destination. Mm. If you're running away from something, you're going to get lost. Mm. Okay, so... Um, people that are going to try to avoid this fear or avoid this anxiety and just push it away because it's uncomfortable. They're not, they're not paying the price of the fear and anxiety that they have. And then they step up further and it will get bigger and bigger because they're accruing interest until it'll become an absolute paranoia or mm. something that is debilitating in their life. Gotcha. That's what you want to not have happen. That makes sense. So if someone's experiencing that um, feeling fear, faint, feeling anxiety, and it's really impacting them, what would be the way to pay the, how can I pay the price, pay the cost? Is it, is it to do the planning kind of things that you mentioned? Develop a plan and trust your plan, you know, to make sure that you have a facilitated way. And the second step is to keep moving, you know, mm. uh, Whenever you're on a bicycle or a motorcycle, they, they teach you uh, very cohesively. If, if you're at a position where you feel like you're falling over, the thing to do is accelerate. You know, so if you feel like you're leaning over on a motorcycle, you accelerate a little bit and it actually straightens it up. Mm -hmm. You know, 
same thing happens in life. If you feel like you're falling over a little bit, the number one thing you want to do is keep moving and move forward. You know, that acceleration and it kind of brightens things up and it also gives you a plan. And remember, like, you know, back in school when they would do fire drills, what do they tell you to do? Here's what you're supposed to do in these situations. You know, it gives them something to do. The second thing is if you're, you know, back in the day when they were worried about nuclear bombs, right, they would tell you, oh, climb under your desk mm-hmm. and sit there like that was going to protect you from a nuclear bomb, right? But it gives you something to do as a plan and it's a plan of action. And that yeah. kind of subsides the fear and anxiety of it a little bit. Wow. I love it. The environment that I'm in a lot when it comes to, to working out, we hear a lot about how it is a source of like, it's a, it's a reliever of anxiety. It can help us, but, and, and whatever form that is, right. I I still always have the sense that it, if that's what we're using it for, we're, we're not really paying the right cost, right. There's still going to be some residual uh, issues, right. Because I still haven't planned. I haven't actually, paid the paid the price that the fear or the anxiety is asking of me um to some degree I, I think that there is a large benefit to you know the working out aspect because we talked about the keep moving you know and that's part of what you're doing is you're releasing that um one of the other things that i've come to understand is that there's several types of intelligence right one of them is a cerebral intelligence and you know this because it's actually something that you need to train You know, you need to learn how to walk, how to talk, how to communicate, how to do everything in life, calculations, um, reading, that all is cerebral intelligence that needs to be trained. There's also muscle intelligence or body intelligence. Mm -hmm. So how your heart works, lung works, that's outside of your cerebral intelligence. And it's, it's, you can control your breathing. Uh, You can also control your heart rate, but it's a lot more difficult. Um, you know, but there's that muscle training that they talk about, like if you're going to lift a heavy weight, right. And, you know, if you just pull the bar up, then, you know, you can injure yourself because body actually thinks it's going to lift a low weight. So you got to load that bar. You got to, you know, hold it a little bit so that your body understands we're going to do something, you know, heavier. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, spiritual intelligence. And these are things that are, you know, innate of us, you can call it like instinct, you can call it things like that, but it's an innate knowledge that comes outside of the cerebral and outside of the body. So there's things like a sense of justice, you know, Mm. that people don't really teach you. And it's not actually backed up in society, right? Like life is not fair, but there is that sense of fairness that even a toddler will look at and say, I was cheated or that's not fair, you know, that you took mine away or, you know, things like that. So, you know, that cerebral intelligence is kind of loud and the, um, uh, the body intelligence is actually very, short-lived right if you're not going to the gym for a little while a couple of weeks it's like it forgets everything you know and uh that spiritual intelligence has the quietest voice Mm. right what's up here actually is louder than everything else and will try to suppress everything to take over you know so if you can quiet this down right and allow the body energy to to know what it needs to know and that spiritual energy to come up this is why meditation works so well 
you know, mm-hmm. things like that. So basically what you're doing in the gym is quieting this down, right? Oh, and okay. the body energy, the body intelligence take over, right? Which is going to release a lot of the worry that is coming from up here, right? I got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, thinking about those different intelligences and if we're tuning into one, we're naturally quieting the other. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And yeah. What, yeah, from that aspect, are you paying the cost then? You know, and actually that can be part of your plan, right? Okay. So if you want to take away from that worry, like some of it isn't directly impacting what's going to happen. Like we talked about leaning over in an airplane, if there's an emergency or whatever, that's not affecting the situation, but it's actually you know, paying part of the cost because it's giving you something to do outside of, right? And so especially in the environment, if it's causing you fear or anxiety, removing yourself from that environment is pretty critical if, mm-hmm. if it's not something that you can do anything about, right? right? So one of the important things is to understand what can you do something about and what can you not? Yeah. Okay. And, and that goes back to those three fears that you kind of started with, uh, the way they divide out. Um yeah, how you plan, how you respond is going to be different depending on which one. I'm curious, um, when you encounter a, a stressful situation, and I keep using that word, maybe anxiety is a better word, but you're, you're in emergency situations, right, as a physician. How, could you tell me a little bit about, just you know, briefly, how do you deal with a really crazy stressful anxiety filled day or even episode like what how do you as an expert how do you do it what happens so what you're, what you're talking about is the usual day <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. What, so, what's your what's your uh what's your habit like when it comes to that so i actually you know and we talked about wanting to be fearless and that was what i was you know when i was young that was my goal and i learned uh through the years that it's just not possible so mm-hmm. you know do you have fear yes everybody has fear it's just a question of which way you run you know so i find that if there's certain chief complaints that people will check in with that make me nervous you know and they'll say oh you know this is and almost nine times out of 10, I'll walk into the room and start talking to them and be like, oh, this isn't actually a big deal. You know, um, pregnancy is one of those things. It's like, you know, somebody is 38 weeks pregnant, coming in, complaining of abdominal pain. You're like, oh, okay, I got to go grab my catcher's mitt. You know, we're going to, we're going to go deliver a baby today <laughs> or, you know, and, and a lot of times it turns out to be nothing at all, but you know, uh, it, it'll still kind of put you into that situation where you're like, okay, you know, this is something that we're going to have to deal with. Um, The number one thing, keep breathing, you know, monitor your breathing, right? And if you feel like you're breathing a little bit heavier, you know, then you got to let it go. Um, The secondary thing is you have a plan and trust your plan, right? What I have is a skill set. So there's education, there's training. I need to go back to that. And you have to keep things simple. So we have an ABCD method of uh, treatment. So A, airway, how is it? Are they breathing okay? Are they making the right noises? You know, are they, and then B is breathing. How are they breathing? How are they, you know, is it fast? Is it slow? Are they not breathing at all? Do you have to intervene at any time? C, circulation, Uh, how's their pulse rate? How's their heart flow and function? 
right? The disability, are they able to move everything okay? Are they able to move their arms? Are they able to move their legs? And then E is exposure. You make sure that you take a look at every part of them that's having a problem. Is there trauma? Is there, you know, uh, something that needs to be addressed from that aspect? I actually, I'm a pilot too. So I, you know, when you fly airplanes, it's the same thing. You got to go back to your core things, right? In medicine, mm -hmm. vital signs are vital. In in uh, flying, it's the eight pack. You got to look back to your main core instruments, you know, and make sure that everything is straight and level and that it's, you know, right there. So um, as long as you bring things back to the base, right, to the simplest parts of, of what you can do about a situation, and then it brings it in. If someone's listening and they're feeling like, I got to I gotta do a better job handling anxiety, what would you recommend as the best first step that they um, take? The first step and the most important step is keep moving. You know? okay. and from when I was young, you know, there was always a reason to stop or to run away or to not take that next thing. And I've always kind of lived by the uh, idea that, you know, you're not going to regret the things you did in life. You know, when you look back on it, it's always going to be the things that you didn't do that you're mm -hmm. going to regret, you know? So just like that bike is falling over pedal faster and it straightens up, you know, yeah. you know like leaning over, just give it a little acceleration and it straightens right up, you know? And from that, because I was so riddled with fear and I hated that about myself, you know, I wanted to just keep moving, you know? So in that aspect, I learned how to be an EMT paramedic. I, you know, um, learned how to scuba dive. I learned to be a pilot. I, you know, um, would shoot off to space if given the chance, you know, um, <laughs> did all the roller coasters, did all the, you know, uh, skydiving and stuff like that. And it was just a, keep moving and, and understand that these things are not as perilous as, as the cerebral intelligence tells you it is. Dr. Dana Coles, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me. I have a link waiting for you in the show notes so that you can follow Dr. Dana Coles' work at colesemergencyservices.com. Check it out. Stay in touch with him. And uh, what an awesome message isn't it because let's be honest we all face fear and and anxiety and stress and the things that he shared actually work and he's using them each and every day of course the team he works with and teams like his all over the place are using the same tools in order to be able to successfully deal with fear anxiety and stress. And those are some of the things that I hear people tell me day in and day out are holding them back when it comes to doing the things that they tell me they, they know they should be doing, but they're not doing them. It's fear, anxiety, and stress in a lot of cases that are holding them back. But that does not have to be the case for you. So understanding a little bit more about fear also, those different intelligences and how they work separately, how they work together, how interesting that is in the um, battle that we all have with fear, anxiety, and stress. And then those two pieces, have a plan and keep moving. I think 
for our little wrap up here, what I would like to focus on is the idea of having a plan because I think uh, the keep moving <laughs> uh, issue is solved when you have a plan, right? You know what the next step to take is. And first of all, we need an initial plan, right? We need the plan A, if you will. What are the pieces of your plan? That's my question for you. And if you are going to be successful in this journey toward becoming a healthier version of yourself, we can't just guess. We have to have a plan. We have to have something that we're repeatedly doing so that we can get results out of it. And of course, if if the pieces of the plan aren't getting the results you want, then you can start to plug and play with different aspects of, of the plan to change it up. But we need a plan A. And whatever that is for you, uh, a quick system that I would think would work for most people, right, is giving attention to nutrition in some way, giving attention to hydration, giving attention to sleep, rest, recovery, right, Uh, giving attention to their own inner work and giving attention to how they're connecting with the world around them, right? Those, Those five pieces we talk about a lot here on the Begin Within podcast, but each of those should be part of your plan and have a way to fill your needs when it comes to each one of those areas and and learn over time what works for you. Now, plan B. What happens when a situation comes up where fear, stress, and anxiety begin to set in and now the initial plan just is not possible? Do we just give up? Or do we do like the A, B, C, D, E, like Dr. Dr. Um, Dana Coles? promotes you know something very similar okay everything just went to pieces what what do we have here let me start to put things back together do i have my water maybe that's the thing for you i know we've talked about that on the show before step one get some hydration going what a great place to start and and do i have that taken care of okay that one's easy right just drink some water going to feel better within a few minutes a lot of times. All right, next. Where do I go next? What do I have to do to take care of my my nutrition? How can I make sure? Maybe for you, it's in, in a situation where life is just all over the place. It's just about eating regularly so that later you're not just uh, a, you know, monster craving all kinds of things because you're so hungry. And, and also then you have the energy to deal with the situation at hand because you're staying properly nourished. Maybe it's just, what can I eat? What's the healthiest version of what's available to me right now? And we start building from there, right? So having a plan is so very important because I'll tell you what, life is going to happen. Things will come up. And man, especially when we're doing something that is challenging, like trying to improve our health, when so much of the world around us is unhealthy, things can very easily get thrown off kilter. They can very easily become um, even more challenging. We're already trying to do something difficult. So it doesn't take much, 
right? To kind of throw things off balance. So what are the basics for you? Could you list them out? Could you begin to plot a healthy course even when things feel like they're kind of falling apart all around you from what you would actually prefer? Could you do that? Could you have a plan like that to fall back on when things get difficult? And then just build that into your life. Put the healthy meals in the freezer. Bring an extra water bottle full of water with you for the day so that you're always ready so you always have things right pack your gym bag the night before once you have your plan you can begin to find little shortcuts ways to make it even easier for you to be successful but life is going to be stressful there's going to be anxiety there's going to be times of fear And if you're going to keep moving forward, if you're going to continue to keep moving in a healthier direction, then having a plan is super important. And and it's not just so that you can keep getting the results that you want, right? Having a plan, don't forget the purpose of the whole episode, having a plan helps us to overcome the fear, anxiety, and stress. It helps us to get out of that mode when we have a place to move to. So if you have just a few minutes before you move on with the rest of your day or it's something you can schedule in your calendar, just take a few minutes. Maybe if you were going to put in your schedule 10 minutes at some point, just to plot out your plan. Hey, the next time things get crazy in my life, here's what I'm going to have in place ready to go to keep me moving in the right direction. Not only Will you make sure that you continue to get the results that you want, continue to become more like the person that you want to be, but you are going to be able to overcome fear, anxiety, and stress that much easier because you have a direction to keep moving. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in with me once again this week. I love our time together, and I will talk to you again very soon right here on the Begin Within podcast.